Heavenly greetings in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, the Lord be with your spirit wherever you are. With your spirit, what does that mean? Yes, today we're actually going to talk about what it means to worship God in spirit and truth, which is the fundamental um, commandment that Jesus Christ actually revealed to the Samaritan woman in that book of John 4. And this is central to the University of God. This is actually why we started the foundation series, which is stepping into the spiritual. Why? For how long will we stay in the natural without stepping into the spiritual? Because it's in the spiritual that we see, hear, and communicate with God. Yes, God would not have commanded us to walk in the Spirit if He'd not designed us to walk in the Spirit. We read that in the book of Galatians 5, verse 25. So today we want to break down these key scriptures and really ask God for revelation knowledge. Because many people might have knowledge of the Bible, even from Sunday school, many people have knowledge of Bible stories, have knowledge of Bible history, even have knowledge of memorizing Bible verses. But that's completely different to having a revelation of the living Word of God in the midst of your heart that will change your life and be a point of contact between you and the Almighty God. So you ready? Let's get stuck in. Racine, what can you say about spirit and truth? <laughs> Thank you for your brilliant introduction. <laughs> so, why are we here? That's the question. What's the purpose of this journey, University of God? Knowledge of the Bible is everywhere. The question is, Christianity is all about relationship with God and with others. Relationship with God is by faith. Relationship with others is love. That's why we said we relate with God by faith and we relate with others by the love of God in our lives. That overflows from Absolutely. God to others. Absolutely. God being the source of everything. We're not talking about love of man, but love of God. As Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, the love of God is poured in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We all, including I, Ruth, I, I suppose, we read the Bible many times in our lives. There was a time I read the Bible roughly every year. But something was lacking. I went to church like everybody. I read the Bible. There were some vital questions that I could not understand because Jesus used parables many times. He spoke using figurative language. And in the Old Testament, we have many prophets that spoke about the coming Messiah. And we realize that the revelation of God from the Old Testament to the New is one continued stretch of the same truth. Mm. And there is a link between the two. Saul understood the Old Testament. He preached it, right? Mm. But I asked myself, why did he fight the knowledge of Christ and the gospel? And he was at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the law of Moses very well in the letter. But... He was absolutely sure that this new law is not of God. And he fought it. And later, he embraced the gospel and became an apostle of Christ. When Jesus came, what did he say? I did not come to abolish the law, but to? Fulfill it. But to fulfill it. I mean, there's a link. Hmm. And Jesus went to say in Matthew 5, verse 17, that not one word of the promise in the Old Testament will fall to the ground. He came to fulfill it means there is a, a relationship between the two. Mm. Now, when we talk about God, 
We start in the Old Testament, right? We say Old Testament. We are the ones saying Old Testament, but in the Bible, there's nothing new. It's the same revelation. If Jesus come to fulfill and he quotes the scriptures, why do we call it old? Why? If it's the same promise of hope. Religiously, we say old, we say new. But when Jesus came, he said, I'm not coming to break the law, but to fulfill the law. That's what he said. The question I'm asking to myself and to others, do we really know who Jesus is? Do we really know his message? Do we have maybe an intellectual, religious way of approaching Jesus? Mm. Or do we know who Jesus is? Who God is? Ruth has mentioned a Samaritan woman, right? Mm. And the Jewish people were there in the temple and Samaritans said, we worship in this mountain. But they worship in the same God. But some say, we are the truth. You are not the truth. And they were fighting. Jesus, being a Jew, went to her and spoke to her, as she said, and told her that you worship what you do not know. God is spirit. This is the core of this program of today. Jesus has come to tell us, to teach us what is necessary and essential that God is spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. This means whatever we do to receive approval from God must be in spirit and in truth. This means if it is not in spirit, it is not in truth. And so it's all nothing. So what is the difference between spirit and truth? What I realized from this that spirit and truth, they go together. If it is just spirit <laughs> without the truth, it is not from God. Mm. If it is truth without being spirit, that's not the truth. Why am I saying this? Let me give an example. There was a man called Cornelius, right? Mm. He was praying earnestly because he wanted to know the God of the Jews. He was not a Jew, he was a Roman person. He was praying, giving alms to the poor. And one day, a spirit being called angel appeared to him and told him, oh, your prayers and alms has been approved by God. Oh la la, bless you. <laughs> I said to myself, this is a spirit being, right? Why? Didn't the angel preach the gospel to him? Ruth, I'm asking you a question. Why didn't the angel, a spirit, preach the gospel to the house of Cornelius? Do you have an idea? Because... I'm asking the question to you, viewers <laughs> watching me. Well, because it was in God's plan that Peter was the one. Jesus said it must be in spirit and in truth. This means not just because something is spirit, that we should accept it. There are different types of spirit. It is not enough to be only in spirit. What kind of spirit is speaking? What kind of spirit is operating? Jesus said, to be of God, it must be in spirit and in truth. The true must go together. So, not anyone who speaks in the spirit is of the truth. That's what he means for me. When Satan tempted Jesus in the book of Matthew, mm. when he took Jesus on top of the temple, what did he say? He said, it is written. Yes. If you are the son of God. Yeah. Jump. And the angels will. Angel will what? Will catch you. Will catch you. He quoted the letter of the Bible. It is in the Bible. Mm, Psalm can say it 91. Is, absolutely. But spoken by who? Which spirit spoke it? The lying spirit, not the spirit the of truth. The lying spirit of Satan. You can mm -hmm. quote it. You can say it. Why did the angel not preach the gospel to Cornelius? But the angel said, call one man called Simon Peter. 
When he comes, he will tell you. God used human being. Who was Peter? <laughs> Who was Peter? A man like you and me. But what makes Peter special was what? Peter was what? Born again. Mm. At the Pentecost, he received the Holy Spirit. At home, you can read Acts chapter 10. You can see the Spirit of God told him, go to this house. I'm sending you. When he came to the house of Cornelius, what did he do? He simply began to preach the gospel of truth. Paul called the gospel, the gospel of truth. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, the gospel of truth. Which kind of truth was he preaching? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you. Natural truth or spiritual truth? Spiritual truth. That's the question. We have fact in the nature, and we have truth, spiritual truth. Remember what Jesus said? I will pray to the Father. He will give you another. Comforter. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Mm. He neither sees him nor knows him. knows him. And Jesus further said in John chapter 16, verse 13, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide us into the fullness of the truth. truth. Guide us in all truth, yeah. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 says, It is the Holy Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. This being said, let's go back to what you call the Old Testament. In the, talk about that wilderness. In the beginning, God revealed himself to the people of Israel when they were journeying in the wilderness to the promised land. Why God allowed us to be in the wilderness? Mm. Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. God said, I will take you to the wilderness and there I will speak to your heart. Mm. Take note of that. I will, can you read it first, Ruth? That will help us to set the message right. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will take her to what? To the wilderness mm -hmm. and speak comfort to her. The next verse. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Accor as a door of hope. She shall sing there and as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Why God sometimes has to take us to the wilderness to speak to us? Mm. That's the question. Yeah, and we, we, all, we all want an encounter of with God, we all want to hear God's voice, but we don't often realize that God gives us an appointment in the wilderness. Why? Because in the rush of everyday activities, it's difficult for us to, to still our spirit and pay attention to the spirit of God talking to us. I think one of the greatest hindrances is our senses. One of the greatest hindrances to perceive the truth from God is our natural common sense because we are always focused on the natural, mm -hmm. what we see, what we hear, what circumstances look like. It's the greatest temptation, actually, to, to see everything in the natural. The battle we fight each day is with our senses. True. So if God wants to draw me to a place of fellowship to draw my attention, he will cut me off from the noise and destruction of this world. Now you understand sometimes God can use circumstances, difficult circumstances, to separate you from the noise of this world. It's true. God often works through the circumstances of life. Absolutely. When you are alone in your wilderness. Mm. Wilderness means no friend, no people to talk to you. Not, not a place you would naturally want to go or be. In the wilderness, there's nothing that would comfort you. Mm. <laughs> your money cannot comfort you. People cannot comfort you. You are alone left to yourself. God mm. said, I will take you to the wilderness, Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 to 15, and I will comfort you. None of us is ready 
to that encounter with God when everything is fine. Nobody comes to the knowledge of Jesus in comfort. Trouble, mm. difficulty brought us into God's presence. Questions, challenges. Just look back at your life and you'll see. Examine your own journey of encountering Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> when God rescued them from the land of ancient Egypt and God opened the Red Sea. Ruth, honestly speaking, I'm talking to you. Listen to me. If you witness God opening the sea and you pass on dry ground, you saw the water separated. I think no miracle is greater than one. No, I think it's the greatest miracle. <laughs> Can you experience that and later doubt God? That's the question. Well, anything is capable of the human heart. The question is, no matter how big the miracle is, human beings always forget. Why? Because it doesn't affect the heart. The purpose of miracles is to affect us in the outward. First, miracle healing, miracle deliverance, miracle breakthrough. But the greatest miracle the Bible is talking about is not on the outside. Is inside of you. Salvation. Salvation. Mm. Why is it that? That's the question. God said, I took them to the wilderness for one purpose. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 2. I took you to the wilderness where you suffer hunger and thirst to teach you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. From the mouth of the Lord. In the beginning, in the wilderness. Now you can see the parallel. Immediately Jesus came out of the baptism. He went to the wilderness. The same Satan meeting there at the wilderness. If you are a son of God, turn this stone to bread. bread. When God took them to the wilderness, the Bible says there was the presence of God was visible. Am I mm. right? Yeah, it was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that they could visibly see and experience. They saw the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. That represents the presence of God physically. They saw physically the presence of God, of his glory. That's not all. He asked Moses to build a tabernacle. In the wilderness where there's no food, am I right? They cry out. And the Bible says, manna came from heaven. Manna. To feed them when they were thirsty, they cry out. God made water to came from the rock itself. Even their, their shoes, their clothes, they never wore out. They saw all these things. <laughs> they saw this great miracle. They saw how God rescued them from Egypt. That's supposed to be enough to build their faith forever. And that's not all. In Exodus chapter 19, God said to Moses, prepare the people. I am going to speak to every single person. This has never happened in the history. Prophets heard from God, but God said, I'm going to speak to everyone. Every member of the congregation will hear my voice. That's what happened. And God said to Moses, sanctify them three days. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Ruth, can you help us? Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 12. Let's listen. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. What strikes you there? Well, many things strike me, but the first thing is that God spoke from the midst of the fire. Yes. God spoke through the midst of the fire. And he said, you heard the sound of his voice, but you saw no face, no image. No form. The same God will say in this Ten Commandments, Thou shalt not make any image of anything in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Mm. Don't make any idol. I am not visible. Don't worship them. Mm. Don't worship them. This is what I'm coming to. Don't make an idol and don't worship them. And now you remember what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman. John chapter 4 verse 24. Yes. God is spirit. God is spirit. Mean you don't need to say him. 
but those worshiping must worship in spirit and truth. In spirit and in truth. That's where we're that's where we're going today. They heard the voice of God. No image. They saw the miracle and everything in the wilderness. Until today, you know, humankind, we continue to try and put an image to something that we worship, which is distracting from the real, the real place of worship, which is in our heart, our spirit that communes with God. The question fundamentally is not God. God cannot change. The question is we human being. Relationship with God is deep, deeper. Deepest. Deepest. Mm. Some people say, I don't believe in God. I'm not interested in God. They have no relationship with God. That's their choice. Some people say, yes, I believe in God. I go to church every Sunday. They go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday they go to church, they listen to the message. Some people say, I want to have a relationship with God. Mm. Daily, every single day of life, they read the Bible to live it and to work with God, to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit daily, my daily bread. And that's the will of God for everybody to have a relationship with God every day. We saw that God spoke to everybody. His will, his mind, it just speak to every single person. But you must follow his ways. This means knowing God is not to see miracle, is not to see great cloud, but to learn his ways. It's true because if, if you think about it, the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night was to lead them through the wilderness but they were never meant to stay in the wilderness forever. They were meant to get out of it, to go to the promised land. Thank you for saying that. They were in the wilderness where they see the visible signs of God, but they themselves were in the natural. God is spirit. God is in the spirit. Nobody can see his face, but we can hear his voice, the word. But they themselves they were in the natural. So at that time, God knew the weakness of their status and God allowed a visible presence to tell him, God is here. So they wouldn't doubt. So they wouldn't doubt. Mm. God was trying to start to build the faith so that we know the mighty God is with them so they can fear him forever. All the nations alone who heard what God did in Egypt was afraid of them. If they look, they see the cloud. Hey, God is there. Hmm. When you see the cloud, hey, God is there. The Bible says every day God spoke to Moses face to face, like a man speaks to his friend. But the others, when God descended, God wants to speak to you, wants to speak to me, to every one of us. That's the will of God. But when God called them in that Deuteronomy 4, 12, you just read, what did they say? Lord, let God not speak to us again. We are afraid of hearing his voice. That's what he said. Choose somebody. Choose a prophet to speak to us. And that's what he said. So, as they journey on the wilderness, God tests them. God allows thirst to come. Every time they are thirsty, what happened? What did they do? They complained. They complained to God. They forgot everything God did. There's no water. God said to Moses, speak to the rock or hit the rock. Water came out. God did that in their presence. When there was no food, the manna came. Even when they were tired of the manna, God actually brought them meat. But now the question, where were their hearts? Jesus said, 
where your treasure is, is, there is your heart. Mm. Take note of your heart. What is your heart? Your heart means your spirit. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 1 says, God formed the spirit of man within him. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says that man is spirit, soul, and body. The hindrance is from our side. We are so much drawn away by the natural, by our senses. So they want you to see a sign to believe. So when they were in the wilderness, when they came in Numbers chapter 14, you know what happened? When God wanted them to enter the promised land, they sent spies, 12 spies. They went to spy. What happened when they came out? Well, they all had a negative report about the giants in the land that filled people with fear, except... Joshua and Caleb, that actually maintained the faithfulness and testimony of what God had done for them in the past and said that, no, they shouldn't be afraid that God... Why were they afraid? Afraid of who? They were afraid of the people inhabiting the land, the giants. Giants. Take note of that. Giants. They said, these people were giants. We, we were like grasshopper. <laughs> in their side and in our side. I mean, they confirmed. Yeah, they saw themselves as small, just as the giants saw them as small. They didn't see themselves as God saw them. When those people that came give the negative report, the scriptures say everybody, all the congregation begin to cry, mm. begin to murmur, and they want you to stone Moses. Yes, you brought us here to kill us. It's better for us to go back to Egypt, to slavery. That's what they said. But we have just said that the presence of God was Visible. The cloud was on top of their head. Visibly. Why they could not see it? The presence of God was visible. It was visible. Why did they allow what they hear, what they heard, to overwhelm them to such a great extent they lost focus of God's presence, which was there? If they that had the physical presence of God above their head as a constant sign could be distracted and overwhelmed by their situation. It really shows us that the, the battle is of the senses. This means you can never know God by sight. You can never know God by miracles. To know God is to know his ways. And because they were so, it was so unfamiliar to them, that's why they were thinking of the familiarity of, of Egypt, what they remembered, what they knew what they were comfortable with because they were familiar with it. That's why their hearts kept going back rather than trusting in, in what God said, the promise for them. <laughs> this simply means to know God is to know his word. That's mm. the only sound they heard, mm. the voice of God. To know his ways, you must learn his word and obey his word. His ways are in his word. God is in his word. Knowledge of God is in his word, but they remain in the natural and they went back to the wilderness. So we are saying, as long as you stay in the natural, you will remain in the wilderness. Hmm. Wait, think about that for a moment. Just let that sink in. As long as you're in the natural, you remain in the natural. You can just remain going round and round the wilderness. Many people that left the slavery of Egypt, so many, in fact, a whole generation never entered the promised land. Why? Because they chose to stay in the wilderness. As long as you are in the natural, you can go from churches to churches to churches to churches. You are still in the wilderness. 
you can go from experience to experience Thank to you. experience, spiritual experience, watching this, watching that, feeling this, feeling that. As long as you are still in the natural, you have not yet grasped that revelation truth that to worship God is spirit and truth, you remain in the wilderness. I can worship God in the natural with a beautiful voice. I'm still singing in the wilderness. Mm. I can pray mighty prayer points in the natural. I'm stalking to the air in the wilderness. We can use beautiful, elo eloquent words, have ability to inspire people. But many of our, our words, they can entertain men, but do they really reach God? <laughs> do they really reach the heart of God? You hear that? I can have beautiful voice, mighty song, sing and tears will come emotionally. If it is not in spirit, it is not in truth, and it is all nothing. But don't forget, Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, these people come to me with their lips, mm. but their heart is far from me. Mm. When I come to God to raise my hand in worship, God is looking at my heart first. Mm. Are I, you such in heart? Yes. When I come to give my offering, mm. God look at my heart. Is it my heart giving? In spirit for God's sake? Mm. Or me? Moses was called by God who spoke to him. He heard the voice of God clearly. He learned the ways of God, took his commandment and wrote them on tablets of stones to give them to his people not to forget it. Moses fulfilled his assignment by bringing them out. But what happened? In the wilderness, God took Moses. <laughs> That's where... They had to now rely on God. They couldn't rely on Moses. When God took Moses, they could not see Moses anymore. But Moses gave them the word he left behind. Joshua came, a young man. God spoke to Joshua chapter 1, who was afraid because he saw the mightiness God did. And God said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. The Spirit of God was with Joshua. What takes them to the promised land was God through his word, by his spirit. Today, we are so much conditioned by the symbols, by the signs, by the letter, that we forget things in the spirit. That's why people say, I go to church every day. I do this. Why I can't hear God? Why I can this, why this, why this, why this? Is it in spirit and in truth? It is our heart, our spirit that is connected to God in the spirit. The only part of us that can receive inspiration, revelation, fellowship with God is the human heart, our spirit. Romans chapter one, verse nine, we serve God with our spirit. We have to understand this. We have to understand relationship with God deep, deeper, deepest. Some are in the letter, but not in the spirit. What do I mean by that? It's not just about confessing the word with your mouth. But you have to believe with your heart. The confession of my mouth, my songs, my prayers must be in spirit and in truth for my heart, for my mind and speak by faith. So the question is, how do we enter God's presence? That's my question. We said the pillar of cloud was symbolizing the presence of God. To be in the spirit is to be in the presence of God. And it's sometimes when we're in the midst of a rock 
and a hard place that we sense the presence of the Lord most clearly in our lives, that we hear the voice of the Lord most clearly, that we see the need to depend on Him alone. That's true what you say. That's very true. But to be in the Spirit is to be in the presence of God. The question is, how do I know I am in the presence of God? That's my question, Ruth. How do I know I am in the presence of God? That's a good question. That's the question. How do we know the reality of God? How do I know I'm in God's presence? How do I know that what I'm hearing is from God or not from God? That's the question. Your spirit must testify. To what? If you can't distinguish between right and wrong, how can you testify? Devil can speak, God can speak. How do you know the difference? That's the question. I can give you one hint. Paul said, Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I speak the truth. I am not lying. My conscience is bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. I'm mm. coming to him. Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. How can I be into God's presence? The Bible says, simply, how can I be into God's presence, Ruth? Spirit Can you truth. see God? It has to be in spirit because you can't see him by faith. Thank you. Now you are talking by faith. <laughs> That's the word I wanted to say. <laughs> to be in the spirit is simply by faith. Mm. Because the Bible says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Second mm. Corinthians chapter 4, <laughs> verse 18 says, we look not at what is seen, but what is unseen. Because what is unseen is, is eternal. And what is seen is temporal. Mm. By faith. So we walk by faith. We live by faith when we are able to recognize our union with Jesus, with God in the spirit, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. They were in God's presence. They saw the outward sign, but their heart was not connected to God. Moses' heart was connected to God to hear his voice, to mark his voice, to discern his voice. To obey his day. voice. Absolutely. Mm. You said at the beginning, God wouldn't have asked us, commanded us to walk in the spirit if he had not designed us to walk in the spirit. Means I have a spirit. Zechariah 12 verse 1, Job 32 verse 8, 1 Thessalonians 5, I have a spirit. So the question is, how can I identify that it is God speaking to me? <laughs> we said in the Old Testament, they were walking by sight. They saw physically God's presence, but they never knew the way of the Lord. No matter how big the miracles are, that can never anchor your heart and bring it to God's presence. Only the word of God can do that. The only way to know God is through his word, by his spirit. Not every spirit that speaks is from God. How do you speak the truth? How do we know the truth? By the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. You must be led by the spirit of God to walk in the spirit. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 14, those who are led by God are what? The sons of God. Sons of God. Led not by the emotion, but led by the Holy Spirit. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Absolutely. But how do we recognize that? The Bible calls it the gift of righteousness. Can you go to John chapter 16, verse 10? Let's listen. Of righteousness, because I go to the, my Father and you will see me no more. When the Holy Ghost comes, he will convict you, convict me, everybody of Righteousness. righteousness because you will see me physically no more i'm going to the father what does this mean when the holy spirit come he will convict you of righteousness he will reveal to you who jesus is mm. 
Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 to take an example of what you are saying. How the Holy Ghost convicts his soul of righteousness in Christ and to bring him to Jesus, to the knowledge of Christ. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Mm -hmm. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, mm -hmm. for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Suffer Christ. But what things were gained to me, mm -hmm. these I have counted loss for Christ. Okay, good. What were those things he considered gain? Those things he considered gain. Verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. A Pharisee, concerning the law of Moses, concerning the symbols, outward form of worship. Religion. Religion. Mm. You say, all this now I consider as a? Rubbish. Rubbish of loss. Why? Because you receive a revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, 22. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Mm. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Mm -hmm. But now the righteousness of God. Now the righteousness of God. That's take note. What Jesus said, the Holy Ghost will convict of righteousness. Go ahead. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. Is revealed. By who? By the Spirit. Continue. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Through faith in Christ Jesus, it is revealed. This means we live by faith when we recognize our union with God, with Jesus Christ, in the spirit. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have the very presence of God in our heart through the person of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will bring the conviction of righteousness. He will show us what is to come. He will guide us into spiritual understanding of God. He will teach us His ways and then we walk in the spirit. That's why we say we walk in the spirit we worship in the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. How do you worship in spirit and in truth? Romans chapter 2, 28. Let's go there. Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Key verses. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, <laughs> not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Do you hear that? Circumcision of your heart, of your spirit, not done by man, done by God. The praise and worship of that person come from God, the Holy Spirit, who inspired. That's why when Jesus came to fulfill the law, the people could not understand. They so much believe in the symbol, in the ritual, in the natural things. And they forget that these were just shadows. What's the purpose of the symbol? The reality is found in Christ. Thank you. The substance is in Christ, reality is in Christ. But the symbol was, what is the symbol? The symbol is only a sign or something in the natural that will remind them of their relationship with God in the spirit. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, it is to remind them of their relationship with God in their spirit, in their heart. I mean, the purpose of the law was to bring their heart to God. And Paul said, by the law, no man is justified by the law. 
despite the presence of God, their hearts went away far from God and they erred in the wilderness. The Bible says we are in the world, but we're not, not part of it. As long as we live in the natural, we are in this world. But as long as you are born again, as long as you are led by the Spirit to walk in the Spirit, you are in this world physically, but not a part of it in spirit. When you worship God, you worship God in spirit and in truth, led by the Spirit of God, right from your heart. To know God, to know His way, you must be in the Spirit, led by the Spirit of Revelation. Let's talk about Jesus and Nicodemus. Mm. Nicodemus was the teacher of the law who knew the law of Moses perfectly. He was teaching the people, guiding the people in the principle of the law of Moses as he received it. But one day, he heard there's one man called Jesus. When they reported to him what this man was doing, he came to see Jesus to inquire to find out the truth. What I wanted to say, the Holy Spirit always gets into the heart of the matter. To get into the heart of the matter is to find out the truth from God's perspective. And that can only happen if you enter the Spirit. Not in the natural. So when he came, he said, Rabbi, no one can do what you are doing unless God is with him. Yeah. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Hmm. Now, Nicodemus, we find out by the question he asked Jesus, that despised all his knowledge was in the natural. So how can this be? How can a man be born again? How can an old man enter his mother's womb? That's what he said. He was just looking at it in the natural. And Jesus said, you were a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he's going to enter the kingdom of God. What is water and spirit? <laughs> unless a man is born of the word and the spirit of the word, in truth, the word and the spirit, he's going to enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Nicodemus was absolutely in the natural. Ruth, can we go to John chapter 3? From verse 13 to 16. Let's listen. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. No one has been to heaven except me who came from heaven, Jesus is saying to him. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Yes. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now, another parallel. As Moses lifted up the what? The serpent in the wilderness. The serpent in the wilderness. You know what happened in the wilderness? The Bible says there was a time the people began to murmur against God and God allowed serpents, snakes to come everywhere as judgment. Mm. When the snakes began to bite them, they were dying. They cried out and Moses interceded. God said, do a pole and do an image of a snake and attach it to the pole. Everybody who looks at it will save his life. Now, that pole was a symbol of Jesus on the cross. The substance of that signal symbol is in Christ. Jesus is saying, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be? Lifted up. Must be lifted up. Mm. That was a symbol. The substance of it is Christ on the cross. That mm. Everybody who puts his faith in what he did on the cross receives salvation and everlasting life. Mm. He was teaching Nicodemus, what's the purpose why I'm coming? You have read that Moses had this. Maybe I am this. I am more than a poor. If you look at me, if you look you know I am the Savior. That's what I came for, to save human beings. Continue. But whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Yes. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son and as a symbol that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody knows life. this word, the most famous word in the gospel. John 3.16. Another parallel symbol. He mentioned the snake. This is what Abraham did. Take your only begotten son Isaac. Genesis chapter 22. Go and sacrifice it for me. He's saying Isaac was spared, but I'm coming to give my life. I'm the promise of Abraham. I'm the seed of Abraham through the promise of the fulfilled. If Nicodemus were dead by the Spirit of God, he would perceive and understood this thing. But he was listening to it in the natural. Who is Jesus? That means we can only know Jesus in the Spirit. You can only know Jesus in the Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. Thank you for what you're saying. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking Hmm. By the Spirit of God calls Jesus hmm. cursed, and Boy. no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can say Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the Lord God Almighty without the help of the Holy Spirit. It takes revelation to know that in the Spirit and in hmm. truth. Now for something to be in Spirit and in truth, it must be in the Spirit, by the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The word you hear must be sanctioned by the testament of the Holy Spirit to say it is true. The Bible says the Spirit joined himself with our spirit to testify that we are sons of God. When he comes, he reveals the truth. He leads us into the spiritual understanding of the truth and give us conviction and give us faith. And we know God is speaking to us clearly through him. Now, let's see another example I want to take. Between the natural, from natural to the spirit, to know Jesus. Let's see Jesus and his disciple. Jesus had disciples. We know Peter very well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. We start from verse 13. Listen to what Jesus said. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he mm -hmm. asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son mm -hmm. of man, am? Can't you imagine? Jesus wants to know your opinion about him. <laughs> he wants to know his opinion, Russell's opinion about him, Ruth's opinion about your opinion about him. Who, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? <laughs> That's life's most important decision, what you, what you do with Jesus Christ. What did they say? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They were still in the symbol of the old prophet of the history. Elijah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. Some of them looked at Jesus on the outside. Mm. Go to Mark chapter 6 verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are they not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. They were offended. Mm. Is it not the son of the carpenter? We know here, we know his brothers and sisters. Mm. They were offended. John 7 verse 12, some say he deceives people. Mm. Some say he's good. They didn't know who Jesus was. They only saw him in the body. Mm. The child they knew, the son of Joseph, the carpenter, that's all they knew about Jesus. They were in the natural, completely in the natural. But some people say he's good and they even followed him. Let's go now to John chapter 6. Now, Jesus went and did miraculous things. He multiplied the bread and the fish, just like the manna that fell in the wilderness and they ate. And they say, ha, huh, what kind of miracle? Is this not the prophet is supposed to come? He gave us food. Manna came. And they follow Jesus. <laughs> the question is, why did they follow Jesus? What's the purpose of following Jesus? Because they wanted him to give them natural blessing. 
like okay. the, the food multiplied thing. It's like Jesus was in a period of fame. Mm-hmm. So they many followed him because they saw, wow, he can multiply food. You know, he 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 can do miraculous things, and they 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 were amazed and wanted wanted more of that. They came to Jesus in the natural. Mm. Anytime we come to Jesus to God for selfish reason, for classical material, we are bound to come in the natural. Mm. Let by our circumstances. Mm. Because I face financial difficulty, I pray for breakthrough. Because I have sickness, I pray for healing. Because of this, I ask without knowing the will of God in the matter. So let's start from verse 30. Let's just try to break it down. Therefore they said to him, They said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Why did they ask for sign? Because they related to the visible. They they wanted to see to believe like like Thomas. (laughs) Yes, because they saw the visible sign in the Old Testament of the cloud of the presence of God visibly to believe. You see, why can't you show us a sign for, for us to believe? What did Jesus say? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from that, heaven. Now, Jesus knew they were following him because of miracle. But Jesus wanted to take them to the spirit. He said to them, Moses gave you the manna, but my father gave you the bread of heaven. Mm -hmm. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Thank you. Do you (laughs) know something? Do you know something? Jesus said, for the bread of heaven is the one who comes from heaven. He who comes from heaven. And what? Gives life to the world. Life to the world. Nobody wants to die. Life. Remember they said to the woman, somebody told me, he who drinks this water will never thirst again. Mm. He said, we give you life. He said, hey, give, give us this bread. <laughs> what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who <laughs> believes in me shall never thirst. Go to verse 35. It's what Jesus said. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Uh-huh. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Jesus said, you saw see me. But you don't believe. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, <laughs> but the will of him who sent me. The will of the Father, I came to do the will of God in your life. What is that will? Let's continue. This is the will of, of the Father. This who is the will me, of the Father, yes. That, all, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. Yes. I should raise it up on the last day. Yes. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. Mean when you see me, you have to believe in me and I will give you everlasting life. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. Hmm. Spiritual thing. And I will raise him up. I will raise him up day. at the last day. That's Jesus we are looking for. Do I believe in Jesus because of miracle? Or do I believe in Jesus for everlasting life, for salvation, and for eternal life? Are we in the natural or are we in the spiritual? Let's continue. See what happened after. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? You hear that? Now they went in the natural. He's not the son of Joseph, Jesus in the natural. How can he say, I came down from heaven? We know you're here. They were in the natural. Whose father and mother we know. 
You know your father, your mom? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? How could he say he come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, mm-hmm. Do not murmur amongst yourselves. Mm-hmm. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws Praise him. Praise the Lord. Take note of this verse. Read it again. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws no him. No one can come to me except the Father himself draws him to me. Hmm. I mean, no one can come to me unless the Father opens your spiritual understanding to be in the spirit to know whom I am. You see me in the natural. I am more than natural, you see. Hmm. Let's continue, and then we go back to continue. What happened this? It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Hmm? Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Yes, Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. Mm. He has seen the Father. Yes. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, it is hard saying, who can understand it? Read it. Many of his disciples who followed him for natural thing. Mm. They say, it is hard to hear this. Mm, When he said, he who... Eats my flesh eats and my drinks flesh my blood, abides in blood. me. Yes. Mm. How can he eat his flesh? This is hard to understand. This means no one can believe what he has not understood. Mm. And no one can understand unless the Father opened your heart to spiritual revelation to who Jesus is. And they were offended because they were in the natural. And many left him. And they left him? They turned away and left and said, this is too hard. We don't understand. So what happened next? What happened next? When they left When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Mm -hmm. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you you are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life mean in spirit and in truth. The word I speak, when the Holy Spirit of truth speaks and testifies, you know the truth, not just words, spirit and life words, word that God speaks himself through his mouth, word that comes from the mouth of God, mouth of the Holy Ghost, the word of truth from the spirit of God. Next sentence, let's listen. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe Hmm. and who would betray him. Yes. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. No one can be in the spirit without the spirit of the father, the Holy Spirit. Mm. No one can be in the spirit in Christ without the Holy Spirit. That's why it's the narrow way. That's the narrow way of faith. Not everyone will go that path. Not everyone will go that path. Without the Holy Ghost, we are natural. Without the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, we can see the truth in the Spirit. Without Him, no faith. Without Him, is faith in faith, faith in the Word. We quote the Word in our mouth. Without Him, nobody can believe in the heart. Convicts of righteousness in your heart. It takes the Spirit of truth. Mm. Let's continue. From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked with Him no more. They went back to the wilderness. Mm. They went back to the natural world they came from. And they were on, actually on the way to the promised land, and but they, they went the back. to the promised land. Mm. And they went back to the wilderness. And they never get after the wilderness. They never get after the natural. They remain in the natural forever. 
Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Now Jesus said to the twelve disciples, You, do you want to go away? What happened? But Simon Peter answered him, Peter. Lord. He said, Lord. To whom shall we go? Where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now we can go back to Matthew. Let's go back to Matthew 16 and talk about Peter. He has one gift. Peter was in the spirit with the help of God. When Jesus says, you have the words of eternal life. Mm. What is Peter saying? The manna you are talking about is not natural food, but spiritual food. Mm. The words of your mouth gives me everlasting life. Who revealed that to, 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 to Peter? Holy Spirit. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 now. That means that he was with Jesus, not because of the miracles he was doing, but because of the change Absolutely. that had been wrought in his heart. Called by God. Mm. That's why deep, deeper, deepest. Peter, the first people came to Jesus because of natural want, as we come to church for blessing. But Peter was deep aside. He served God with his life, heart to heart with God. Mm. And God revealed to him. He believed for everlasting life. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's go now to verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Do you notice that? In John chapter 6, when everybody left, Jesus said, You, why you don't go? Peter said, You have the words of everlasting life. Mm -hmm. This time, Jesus said, Who do they say I am? Like Jeremiah, Jeremiah, and you, you who knows me, who are with me, what do you say? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He spoke the word of revelation. Mm. Who Jesus was. He said it. Why? Let's go. Next verse. What did Jesus say? Listen. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father now, who is in heaven. Now, understand what Jesus said in John chapter 6. Nobody comes to me except the Father draws him. Mm. No one knows who I am unless the Father revealed to him whom I am. Mm. The Father revealed to Peter, who said you are the words of everlasting life, to speak the same word in the power of the Holy Spirit, to know who Jesus was. Peter was in the Spirit to receive that revelation. You mm. must be in the Spirit. To be in the Spirit, you must believe for salvation's sake, for God's sake, for heaven's sake. Not for classical reason. For the sake of eternity. Absolutely. Mm. Now, Peter was in the spirit. But something happened after. Go to verse 22. 21. Let's listen. 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem hmm. and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and hmm. scribes hmm. and be killed hmm. and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, from you, Lord, that this shall happen to you. What happened here? When Jesus told him, they will kill me, I will die. On the third day, I will resurrect. What happened? Peter went back to the natural immediately in his emotion. Ah, I love you. No, this will never happen to you. Never, ever. God forbid. It was his flesh talking. The flesh was talking. It was natural. What Jesus said to him, verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Can't you imagine? You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. I mean, you are thinking like a natural man thinking. You are not thinking 
like a spiritual man must think, like God mm -hmm. will think. To think like Jesus is to think like God, is to think like the Holy Ghost gives. To have the mind of Christ is to have the mind of God. That's the Holy Spirit, the mind of God. Mm. Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 27. How can we have the thoughts of Christ, the mind of Christ, to think the way God wants me to think? That is in the Spirit. How to be in the Spirit? That's what we're talking about. How can I be in the Spirit? Now, let's listen to Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Oh, my God. Listen to that. What can you say about it? Oh, this is a really what we need. This, the is, spirit, this is the meaning of the comforter that Jesus left. Thank you very much. This spirit helps us. What is our weaknesses? We are natural. We are in the natural. We are in the flesh. We know nothing in the spirit. We need help in our natural weaknesses, in the ability to see in the spirit. So the spirit can take us there in the spirit. Say it again. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weakness. Mm-hmm. For we do not know what we should pray for, for as we ought, what but it? the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Good. We do not know what we? We do not know what we should pray what, do you, what for do you as we ought. What do you understand by that? We do not know. We pray. We pray. We don't know what we're asking. Why? Do we don't know that? what we need. We know what we need. I'm hungry. <laughs> I need food. But am I asking the right thing? Do I know the will of God on the matter? Mm. That's the key. To pray in the Spirit, we need you the help of the Holy Spirit. You must pray according to the will of God. Mm. You are asking, God heal me. Is it the will of God to heal you? That healing might be for a purpose. Mm. Is it the will of God for you to go there? What are you asking? You want to have a vehicle. Is it the will of God for you to have a vehicle? At that moment? We don't know what to ask for. That's this, the Holy Ghost will help us now to enter the Spirit, to know the mind of God in the matter, so we can ask in accordance to the will of God. Continue, let's read. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Oh, no, no, oh, la, la. Say it again. You are making me too. <laughs> now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. <laughs> and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Come back to verse 27. That's the key now. That put things barely open to the eyes of everybody. Now he who searches the heart. He who searches the heart. Who searches the heart? Do you know what is in the heart of a person? The Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit. Mm. He who searches the heart knows what is the mind of what? The mind of God. The mind of God. I mean, he knows what is in the mind of God for you. He knows the thoughts of God for the situation where you are. And what? He makes intercession. He intercedes. I mean, he for takes, the saints according to the will of God. What is intercession? I don't know God. I need somebody to help me, to take me to God, to intercede for me. I cannot hear from God. I need a mediator, an intercessor. Holy Spirit will take my prayers, intercede in the presence of God and pray for me. So I can know the will of God in the presence of the Father. Without him, our voice will never go beyond the ceiling. He's the one that carries our prayer to the presence of God. He intercedes according to the will of God. He searches the heart. What does it mean, searches the heart? Let's go. Is this a repetition, a reminder? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to verse 13. But as it is written, mm. eye has not seen nor ear heard, 
nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I mean the things of God no human eye has seen can see. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. God revealed the things of God to us by his spirit. He revealed his ways. He revealed his mind. He reveals his will to us by his spirit. First Corinthians 2 verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of God. The natural man will always go by what he sees, what he hears, the symbol, the sign, does not know the things of God. Mm. When we are in the natural, mm. we don't know Jesus in spirit and in truth. Mm. We don't pray in spirit and in truth. Mm. We don't worship in spirit and in truth. Mm. Now, let's see now the spiritual man, verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, hmm. yet he himself is rightly judged mm -hmm. by no one. Mm -hmm. For who has known the mind of the Lord who that he may instruct him? the mind of God that he may instruct him. Mm -hmm. But we have the mind of we Christ. the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is meant for those who have the spirit of Christ. When mm -hmm. we have the spirit of God, he will intercede to us according to the mind of God. While I'm praying for my situation, I pray, he will tell me, this is the mind of God for this truth. Someone will tell you your heart. This is the will of God. Mm -hmm. What happened to you, God allowed for a purpose. And we'll tell you. That's what happened to Paul. He speaks to the saints through his word, by his spirit in our heart. That's why we are in the spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, to know the mind of God, to know the heart of God, to know the will of God. He supplied the inspiration to pray, what to pray for, what to worship God mm -hmm. in spirit and in truth, and reveal to us the way of God. Are we such? Are we led by the spirit? Are we inspired by him? Are we seeking for him? Are we waiting for him to guide us in our actions and deeds every day? When we are in situation, do we allow him to come, to inspire, do we wait for, upon him? Do we pray to receive revelation, guidance from him before we do anything? Mm. As long as we are in the natural, we are in the wilderness, without direction, without purpose. But when the Holy Ghost comes, he will lead you with purpose, with direction to the right place to be. So when Jesus was saying, eternal things were speaking about, things of heaven, not things of the natural. It takes a spiritual man to understand this. So now, what is the heart of the matter? The lesson we learned from all this, Ruth, what lesson can we learn from this? We live in the spirit when we recognize our union with Jesus Christ in the spirit. To be in the spirit is to be in God's presence. Who can take us to God's presence? The Holy Spirit. When he takes us into God's presence, his word, his revealing word, which inspires and tells us God's mind, God's opinion, and give us utterances to speak words as inspires us to speak the heart of God, the mind of God in the presence in our prayers. The question is now, for how long are we going to stay in the natural? What you were saying? When are we going to get out of the wilderness? What does it take to get out in the wilderness into God's promises? What does it take to get out of the natural, to be in the spirit, and to hear God clearly, to be led by the spirit of God? It's a heart decision. It's a heart decision. I mean, engage your heart. Your body can never be in the spirit, but your heart can, your spirit can. It is your heart, your spirit that receive inspiration, revelation from the Holy Ghost, from the mind of Christ to know his will, his ways. Mm. He will inspire us to act faith on his revelation to go to the right direction. Mm. So to walk in the spirit is to walk in accordance 
to the word of God. And that word of God is spirit and life. Mm. When the Holy Ghost reveals that word, you know the will of God. It's not quoting the word. The will of God comes when the spirit of God reveals you. Mm. When Satan uses Psalm 91, it wasn't the will of God for him to jump. But Jesus was by the Holy Spirit of truth. He recognized mm. his voice. The word and the spirit must come together to become the truth. In spirit and in truth. Holy Ghost will take you to the spirit and he will reveal the truth of the mind of God, of the will of God. Once he reveals it to you, he will guide you to understand it. Once you understand it, you will be convinced by faith and act faith. Mm. That's the highway to enter the promised land, to be in the spirit and to enter the promise of God. Revelation from the Holy Ghost, spiritual understanding, Job chapter 32, verse 8. When understanding comes, conviction comes. This is from God in my heart. And you act faith and you walk with God in the spirit. So, walking in spirit does not mean you open your heart with humility, any kind of spirit. Be careful. Not every spirit is from God. To know the truth now, everything must be done through his word, by his spirit. You can't separate the word from the spirit. That's why Christianity is not mysticism. It's not mysticism. Mm. It's not any kind of spirit we welcome. Mm. Not every spirit that speaks is from God. We have Balaam. We mentioned Balaam last time in the book of Numbers. He was a divination spirit. He was doing things, sacrifices, but not of God. The spirit of God never came because of Balaam. He came because of Israel, for God's sake. He turned that curse to a blessing. To turn the curse to blessing. Mm. The same way the Holy Ghost came and opened the mouth of a donkey to speak words of men. The only way to know God, to know Jesus, is through the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. The two have to go together. It's not about confessing, it's about believing your heart led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. To be in spirit and in truth. So if we hear this is spirit, this is, is it in truth? We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that will tell you this is from God, this is not from God. That's the testimony of the Spirit in our heart, in our mind. He will guide us into the understanding of the truth. So if you are wondering, is this from God? or not from God, what to do? Go to the closet and pray to your father. Ask the Holy Ghost to reveal to you. Mm. Who is this person? Who is this situation? What is your mind? What is your will? Mm. And pray as Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 12, until God gives you a revelation of his mind and purpose. Then you will know his will. You know what to do. The believer who walks in the natural has no strength. If we want to know Jesus, we need to know him in spirit and in truth. Whatever we do must be done in spirit and in truth. We can see the importance of the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the Holy Ghost does nothing without the word, the scriptures. Mm. That's why he uses the, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to bring peace into our hearts, to absolutely. bring joy into our hearts, to bring uh, faith into our hearts. The word must go along with the spirit. Moses, the prophet, they heard this voice directly in their heart. And then God instructed them to write them on the pages. This is the letter. But they heard from their heart. Directly First from God. in the heart. First. Mm. So this word must come to the same heart to be processed to become spirit and life. And that's the faith you are talking about. Not faith in faith by confessing, but real faith that comes from your heart. Hearing and obeying from your heart. The instruction of the Holy Spirit. That's divine faith. 
That's why when Peter said to Jesus, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He was not talking about the letter alone. The words of eternal life are the words, the living word of God, spirit and life. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 45, no one comes to me except the Father draws him. And why? What part does the Father draw? Your heart. Your heart. No one comes to me that the Father mm. draws him. They will be taught by God. Mm. No one can say Jesus is Lord in spirit and in truth without the Holy Spirit. So it's time for you to develop your own relationship with the Holy Spirit to get out of the wilderness in your life. So now, this Holy Bible is a Christian guide for belief and practice and contains the truth. When you read this Bible, ask the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, to guide you. Mm. That's the secret God gave to Joshua. And we told you last time, we'll repeat it again. Joshua chapter one, verse eight, keep the words in your mouth. Meditate on this word day and night. And do what it says. Do what it says. Meditation, not incantation. We don't call it any spirit. We meditate the word of God, the mm. promise of God here. This word. We meditate on this word day and night. Mm. And then the spirit of God comes, we give you spiritual understanding and strengthen you to obey this word and to put it into practice. Mm. God said it, not me. Walk in the spirit, led by the spirit. What do we do? Engage your heart, not your eyes, not your brain. To God, seek his face, ask for guidance from the Holy Ghost. Ask for God to pour the spirit of revelation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17. Ask him to guide you and the Lord will guide you and you will be in the realm where you can be able to discern his mind in your life. So please, we give you the grace. Go and read and study the book of Romans chapter 8 from beginning to end. And the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1 to the end. Every Christian who wants to be in the Spirit should know these two chapters. Write that down, Romans 8. Romans chapter 8, from verse 1 to the end. And then 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, two. from verse and 1 to the end. Read it. Ask God to give you spiritual understanding mm -hmm. of it. How to become spiritual. How to walk in the Spirit. How to allow the Spirit of God to take us into God's presence. And then you will get out of the wilderness. Then the Word will become a lamp to your feet and a guide to your path, you would never miss a target. A guide to your path to get out of the wilderness. To get out of the wilderness. To get out of doubt. Amen. To get out of lack and want, and to know God's way. Thank you. God bless you. We can't wait to hear your testimony of how the living word has really been a, a light to your feet and lamp to your path. And we just are uh, excited to hear what God is doing in your life through his word and by his spirit. Remember, this is the purpose and vision of the University of God, to through, step into the spiritual. Through his word, by his spirit, in spirit and in truth. The word and the spirit must go together. It is important to store this word of God and to walk onto this word. That's the safety net. And the spirit of truth will guide you and lead you into the fullness of that truth. Amen. Amen. God bless you. The Lord be with your spirit.